talk to each other. A lot of people think we don't, but uh, that's that's just the opposite. So today on the show, let me let me start this off. It is Bike Talk, heard here on uh, Kill Radio Live and on KPFK as a podcast. Um, we're attempting to. Uh, present to you a, a couple of uh, reports, uh, finally, final report on uh, last week, as you know, there was a, or excuse me, three weeks ago, there was a BAC meeting um, with, um, that's right, tying as a special part of the BAC meeting, they talked about uh, uh, the occurrences at the last critical mass, not this the June critical mass, the May critical mass, which uh, led to some suspensions from the police force. Uh, what we're going to do, just in recapping, in case you just showed up here from some long vacation, or uh, let's just say you were doing your doctoral thesis in some third world country, and you hadn't heard a thing because there were no radios there, we're going to play a little bit of the report as one of the local networks reported it, and then we're going to play some of the actual... Uh, BAC meetings as it was reported. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can't play this and we'll get to right in a minute. It is Kill Radio. ...about this possible use of excessive force. The LAPD is trying to repair their relationship with cyclists after a clash last weekend. Hi, buddy. I'm Garth Kempin for Dallas. ...takes center stage tonight at a city council committee meeting. The taped incident has infuriated many in the cycling community. Eyewitness News reporter Shiva Ravindran is live in Hollywood with reaction from both sides. Shiva? Well, Michelle, the LAPD has launched an internal investigation into at least two incidents. The first one happened right behind me here on the corner of Hollywood and Highland last week. Hundreds of cyclists were taking part in a massive ride when at least two of them were allegedly attacked by L.A. police officers. The whole thing was caught on tape. The video posted on YouTube shows members of the bike ride group Critical Mass being attacked by LAPD officers during a ride last Friday. One officer kicks a passing cyclist, and then the rider filming the incident is thrown to the ground and tackled. What happened on Friday night was disgusting. Jennifer Beatty and Amanda Lipsy were riding with the group. They claim another group of LAPD officers attacked them in a separate incident that same night. The police officer jumped out of the car and grabbed the nearest cyclist by the handlebars on the shoulder and shoved him to the ground. Tonight, L.A. police told riders during L.A. City Council's Bicycle Advisory Committee that five officers have been taken out of the field. Even Police Chief Charlie Beck stopped by and promised a thorough investigation. Critical mass is very chaotic. Uh, there can, it can be stressful for police officers, but we're held to a higher standard. We have to be able to handle stress. We have to be able to maintain our composure. Now, I don't know what exactly happened, but we'll look at all these things. Police say the alleged attack happened during what critical mass riders call a circle of death. Riders circle around an intersection and raise their bikes up, causing a traffic hazard. Cyclists say that's no excuse. You wouldn't do that to a pedestrian. You don't ram cars when they run red lights. But for some reason, the inability or the lack of a policy or techniques on how to handle cyclists on the streets of L.A. sometimes means people use inappropriate behavior. And tonight, with this video, they're hoping to make some changes. Yeah, I want to feel safe in this city. I want to feel supported by our police officers. NLA police say they will be re-examining their training when it comes to dealing with cyclists. As for those five officers in question, they will remain on inside duty until this investigation is complete. 
Reporting live in Hollywood, Shiba Ravines, we're in ABC7 Eyewitness News. Shiba, thank you for that report. Let's talk to Garth. Ten seconds. Here we go. We come back. We'll. Re All right. So that was um, a little recap of how ABC did it. Here, let's listen to see what uh, the Channel 11 news outlet did here. And knock Fox him down. You know, we have taken uh, immediate action based on information uh, received from this community and the relationships that we've developed uh, to start an investigation. Beck also said that the officers involved had been removed from duty, but asked that the bikers give the police time to investigate the situation thoroughly. So, that being said, they're talking about giving the police uh, some time to investigate the thing. We at Kill Radio have been uh, on this story from the beginning. And uh, with that in mind, we figured uh, we'd go back to the, the source of critical mass. I know that you saw me on the, uh, the last critical mass asking everybody how it got started. I got answers everywhere, and you'll hear them later from uh, it starting in uh, Tokyo, people stopping at red lights to um, it was uh, back, believe it or not, Neanderthals at the end of their work day would uh, take off and walk back. But here on the telephone right now, I have uh, Hugh Andrade. Is that correct? Uh, Andrade, yeah. Andrade. Uh, hi, Hugh. You're, uh, can you tell us a bit about who you're involved with and um, where you, sure. what's um, your background? Well, uh, I'm an uh, artist and activist in San Francisco, and I've been involved with Critical Mass uh, since the beginning. Um, it started in September of 1992 in San Francisco. And, um, you know, it was at first just a few, maybe a few dozen riders. And uh, as it went on month by month, it got bigger and bigger. Uh, initially, it was just called the Commute Clot. It had a terrible name. And uh, sometime a few months in, uh, in early 1993, uh, somebody renamed it Critical Mass, which really stuck. And um, uh, then uh, I'm sure you, you, you may have heard what, what, what happened next, which it spread to other cities. You know, it spread to Berkeley. It started spreading to other cities in the U.S. Uh, next we heard it was in London and in Australia. And really quickly, by, you know, throughout 1993 and 1994, it became a global bicycle movement. And people everywhere, we were getting emails from all over the world. And uh, so it really became a global movement all of a sudden. Do you remember your first, what was it, uh, commute clog, as it was? Can you, can you remember what, what was the feeling? Was it, uh, let's get out there and just show these drivers what's, what it's all about? Or was it well, you know, more like not, just sharing the road? Or? Yeah, it really was, uh, from the very beginning, always a celebratory event. And uh, we were always trying to, uh, to sell it to people, not as an opportunity to get out there and ruin people's nights and ruin people's commutes, we were asserting our right to the road, which in San Francisco in the early 90s, uh, as bicyclists, we really didn't enjoy uh, much respect at all. And it was a, a very dangerous uh, you know, proposition to actually ride a bike as a lone person. So this was our way of all riding together. And in the beginning, when it was small, it was like taking one lane, you know, not taking the whole lane. Uh, and, but just riding all together to assert ourselves and have a safe ride together and sort of celebrate bicycling, bicycling culture. And hopefully we thought that by doing that, by bringing all people out together, that it might grow and more people would see the power and the fun and the joy of being a bicyclist. And, you know, in fact, that's what has happened. I mean, we always have been told, oh, well, critical mass is going to spark this backlash. 
and motorists are going to get angry by what you're doing because we do take up a lot of space on the road. We do cause people's delays. And so we're always here that, oh, there's going to be this backlash. But what I've seen here in San Francisco is that since the early, early 90s, bicycling has just exploded. There are hundreds, thousands more bicyclists on the road, and every year the figures go up and up, and it's on an you know, upward, upward trajectory in terms of numbers of cyclists. But you also see that uh, bicycle activism is bigger than ever. There's the San Francisco Bike Coalition, which is not uh, you know, in any way a sponsor of critical mass, but many of the people that were involved in critical mass early on were excited by what they saw and took that energy and put it into you know, mainstream bicycle advocacy, and they built up the SFCC. And uh, that organization now has gone from a, 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 you know, a very small organization without any you know, real meeting place and only a few members to a 10,000-member organization. And, you know, they, they are so mainstream that they, you know, go to events with the mayor. Um, meanwhile, we've gotten millions of dollars to uh, spend in San Francisco on bike infrastructure. So there's a whole network of bike pathways, uh, dedicated bike lanes. Um, we're now, uh, in some areas of the city, they're kicking out uh, car parking uh, on the road and, and putting in, uh, you know, bike parking where you can, you can in one space that you park a single car, you can park 20 or 30 bicycles. And so we've really seen all these changes. And, and so when people tell us, oh, there's, you know, what you're doing is terrible, it's going to create a backlash, we say, wow, well, look at how much this city has changed in the time that we've been in existence. And we think we've contributed to that change. Now, now Hugh, uh, a lot of people here, and me included in Southern California, I, I'm always amazed how, and, and this is not an indication of how we really feel in Southern California, but we, we jokingly still call San Francisco Frisco, and, and we, we do all these things. You guys up there call it the city. Do you feel that just by doing some of these biking things, you've improved your quality of life there in the city? It seems like everybody, and I, I don't just mean everybody being the bike community, but people are actually getting out there and biking now and seeing how much of a, of a, of a step into this other sort of fantasy world of utopia that everybody promises you just by getting on, a, on technology from like the past generation is actually improving the next generation. Do you, do you find that happening there? Yeah, I do, and I think that's a really good way of putting it. it, it there's, a, there's a simplicity and an elegance to the fact that a solution or a part of the solution to our traffic environmental nightmare that we're living in in most industrial cities in the U.S. and elsewhere it is the technology from the 19th century. It's a simple, elegant technology. It has very low impact on the earth. It keeps people healthy. It's fun. And when you have enough people biking in a city and you have the infrastructure for it, it's a really safe, uh, great way to get around. And, you know, if, if, you know, I always tell people, people will, will ask, well, what is critical mass about? What are you guys trying to do? And, uh, you know, it is a leaderless phenomenon. There's nobody in charge of it. It doesn't have any organizing committee. Uh, and so there's as many different opinions about what it is about as there are riders. Uh, but, you know, I you know, speak for myself and my friends. Uh, we really want to transform San Francisco and other cities as well into uh, a city that works more along the lines of what you have in Amsterdam or in Copenhagen or in Utrecht where, you know, 30, 40% of the public rides bikes 
Nova City last night, you just see an incredible stream of people going by. And what's really interesting about Europe, and you, know, you guys, if you're curious, you can look on YouTube and, and just check out some of the videos on YouTube of bike traffic in those cities. And the really interesting thing is that you just don't see that many people wearing spandex or bike gear or even helmets, uh-huh. right? People ride these upright, very comfortable, solid bikes, and, uh, and they're serious bicycles, but they're dressed just like ordinary people. And there's a, you know, there's a great blog uh, that's called Copenhagen Cycle Chic uh, that is just devoted to, like, the fashion of people that ride bikes in Copenhagen. There. And it's, it's really interesting to see how, how different it is from the U.S. Absolutely. There, it, it's funny you should say that because here one of the popular rides, one of the most popular rides was, um, and, and I, I don't want to point it out, but it's almost like Couture is uh, the Cycle Girls did a tweed ride. And oh, yeah. It just brought out all these people that you'd never see in elegant dress and everything on a bicycle. And their bicycles weren't what would we consider fast bicycles or track bikes or any of that culture. It was more along the lines of like, oh, I, I, I went to the store and I dressed up and now I'm going on a bike ride. That, that kind of aesthetic. Yeah, you know, that's one of the really interesting things about what's happening right now is that bicycles and bicycling is inspiring a huge level of just general creativity from all types of people. And, you know, one thing I also think is a really interesting development is that Critical Mass is not the only group bike ride that's happening right now. So there's these tweed rides. Uh, In San Jose, there's a giant ride called the San Jose Bike Party, which runs on very different principles than Critical Mass. It's much less kind of anarchist. Uh, but it's huge, and it's really fun. I've ridden in it. Um, and uh, there are a number of these smaller rides that are just a few dozen people. There's one in San Francisco that's called Butterlap, and it happens every Wednesday. And these people ride the same route through the city and just explore the city together on bikes. So I think this is just a trend that is really happening, that people have realized, wow, we can really uh, enjoy the city together riding around on bicycles. It's not only, it's not only healthier and better for the environment, but it's also more social, you know, so it's a, it's the rise of a, of a social form of commuting. Yeah, Hugh, it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of people think that the best way to travel sometimes around the city is in a car, but I was just reading, um, of all places in the, in the bathroom here at Kill Radio, uh, one of the dwells, they had a, a bike tour in, of all places, which I don't think of a biking city as Miami Beach, and the woman was an architect, and she said it's so much easier to see into neighborhoods, to see the contrast, and you're going at a, at a rate that you can comprehend it. It's a human rate as opposed to getting in the car and you miss things. Things have to be that much larger because the car goes so much faster and you have to have bigger signage. This way, it's almost a, what is it, a humanizing the scale down. And, and her, from, from her view as an architect, it was easier to encompass that move that many more people, and I'm remembering here in Los Angeles, we used to have a ride called um, the uh, an archetype ride that was started by uh, Alex from uh, Ride Arc, of, of Sci-Arc, which was called Ride Arc, and we would not only look into some of the architecture, but some of the social commentary that goes on with architecture, and also how the city, just how it was laid out by the forefathers contributed to either its demise or success. You started to see how neighborhoods developed around hubs. And then conversely, you saw how if things weren't developed or planned out, they turned into a, a boggle or a mess, and nobody had really addressed how to, the solutions there. And he even dealt with some of the issues about 
public space, public land that I know in San Francisco you have this group called Rebarb that's responsible for things like parking day, the lack of parks, and how they sort of turned that around and said, well, we have all this parking spaces. Why don't we just turn one of the parking spaces into a park? So in that sense, it's almost like the biking leads to an idea, the idea leads back to biking, and then finally it, it comes full circle. And the reason I bring this up is you, you mentioned you were an artist. Do you find that your art is in unison with your biking, or does it conflict sometimes? Oh, well, uh, I find it hard to pedal my bike supply, my art supplies around on my bike. Uh, but, yeah, no, it certainly feeds into it, and um, I've done a lot of art over the years for Critical Mass. Um, but my own art is really, uh, it, it's sort of a separate thing. I mean, you, I find bicycles crop up in my art and, uh, and all the time, and it all feeds into itself. I think that, I think that you know, one of the, one of the reasons why uh, I'm a activist, and a lot of people that are artists are getting involved in like reshaping their. Is that you know when you're an artist, you are a person, and you can visualize how things could be different, and uh, that's you know that's not so easy. For a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are really stuck in a conception of of the world in which what exists is the natural order of things, and that's not true at all. I mean, cities. Oh, if you study history, you see how they've changed. You can see how, you know, in L.A. and in San Francisco and in other cities, uh, you know, they ripped out in the, in the 30s and 20s, they ripped out all of the, um, uh, you know, train systems that used to run through the cities and put in and, and reshape the city around the private automobile. And, you know, now I think we're in a process of reshaping the cities around more human-oriented tra uh, transit and it's, it's a struggle, but it really requires that people be visionary, you know, that people be able to imagine this possible future and, and, and make it real. And so I think that's, you know, with Greek rides like Critical Mass, I think that's one of the, the purposes of it, is to really bring a lot of people out on the street and really paint a picture for people. Like, really what that is is you're saying, look, this is what the world would look like if we were a city like Amsterdam or if we were a city like Copenhagen and there were thousands of bicyclists in the street every day it would look like this. And, you know, what you see is it's incredibly positive, wonderful experience. And, you know, there's a lot of bad press around critical mass and people will really highlight some of the negative things that have happened, mm -hmm. which are very, very rare. But, but, you know, what we see when we're on the ride and we're pedaling through the city, uh, we, see, uh, you know, we, we see people getting out of their cars and dancing with the music. Like we have music blasting from multiple sources on our ride. So we're a big source of noise and music, and we bring all this fun and celebration to what, for most people, is a really boring commute. They're stuck in their car. They're walled off from the outside world. They're not talking to anybody. They're not having a good time. And then all of a sudden, we come by, and it's a blast of fresh air. And, you know, I, I think I, I really think that's one of the, the purposes of all of this is, is to open up a window and show how much better life could be. Wow. Well, um yeah, that's that's fantastic. We we had mentioned before about just how other people view this. Some people just can't wrap their head around the fact that it is a leaderless ride that anybody can kind of lead the ride anywhere. You, you were talking about how some of the routes, it's just the same ride and you get to explore your city. Do you find that people are, are still have that sort of spark of ingenuity to say, hey, let's go investigate this section? Or is it you know, yeah, not dictated I do. by fear um, or anything? 
Well, it's an interesting question on routes. In San Francisco, you know, we have a we have there are people with different opinions, and uh, you know, some of us want to bring back the idea of like a planned route because we've had many years, about ten years now, without any planned route, and we've been going since 1992, right? So from about 2000 to the present. We haven't had any like paper route that we've passed out to people, and it's always been decided by a small group of people at the front of the ride who are saying, let's go this way or let's go that way, and it's very spontaneous. And that way of doing things is really fun, but what you also find is that you visit the same locations over and over again. Uh, and so uh, a few of us here in San Francisco are trying to cut um, uh, up a little bit and do a paper route and say, hey, let's, let's, let's say, uh, you know, pass out a flyer that has a route on so we go to... Uh, different part of the city and really get out and go to Richmond or really get out and go to the Sunset and see other parts of San Francisco that don't usually encounter uh, critical mass because there are, you know, there's lots of people in the downtown area or in the Mission District that recognize our ride, but other parts of the city are always really surprised And so, uh, it, and that really is what it should be about is like exploration, you know, uh, and doing something new and surprising. Um, uh, Hugh, I'm, I'm joined in the, uh, the studio here by my co-host. Let me let me see if I can pass the phone. She has a question. Um, so, hi, how are you? Hi. Um, so, basically, I was just wondering, you know, aside from kind of the visibility of, of things like critical mass and, and sort of helping people understand that you don't have to look a certain way to ride a, a bicycle, you know, by wearing spandex or, or that sort of thing, like, do you have any other suggestions or or things that, that you would recommend kind of worked in San Francisco and, and should kind of be brought along further um, in the, you know, the U.S. and other, other cities throughout, throughout the world who are trying to become more bike-friendly? Well, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this idea of these group rides is a really good one, whether it's done along the lines of a leaderless phenomenon like critical mass or take a San Jose model and do a bike party. Uh, and if people are interested in that, they should check out the, the uh, you know, the bike party, type that into Google. Uh, you can read about our San Francisco experience at sfcriticalmass.org, which is the blog that I, that I run. And I, I really think that these group rides are just a really great way of uh, increasing solidarity for bicyclists. And it also generates some huge amount of enthusiasm and energy. Uh, and that's what we found, like I said, in San Francisco, that we, we started Critical Mass in the early 90s, and shortly after that, we saw a huge boom in bicycle activism. And I uh, have heard, I don't know too much about it, but I've heard anecdotally that that's been the same in Chicago and in New York City. Now, I don't know if you've been to New York recently, but it, it's amazing the changes that have happened in New York around bicycling. It's like New York has put in enormous amount of bike infrastructure, and there has been a huge boom in bike activism, and that's preceded by the founding of a, of a New York City critical mass ride. And Chicago has a huge critical mass and a big, a lot of people involved. I think what happens is that you bring people together, they start getting to know each other, they're all inspired by this vision that they're seeing. Like I'm saying, you know, you bring people out, it creates this window onto this other world in which everybody's on a bike. And it gets people excited and they meet each other, they know each other, and they collaborate. And you know, that's what we're really about doing. We need to break down the atomization of all of these people isolated in their cars, stuck in this little, you know, little uh, bubble of tin and glass, 
you know, listening to uh, probably listening to some terrible radio station. They're not listening to KPFK. You know, they're <laughs> listening to Rush Limbaugh in their cars. And uh, we get people out of their cars, meet people face-to-face in the fresh air, and really see what real politics is like. And it's, it's a messy affair, you know. Sometimes people get upset and it's controversial. Uh, but, you know, you meet people face-to-face, and with you that, you can change the world. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, that here in L.A. we're really fortunate in that we have kind of like the group rides. I mean, any night of the week, there's you, you have to make a decision about which, which one you're going to go on. So it will be, it'll be kind of fun to see as this, this process continues to grow and as more people join in, because my impression is that these group rides keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, um, thus creating more group rides as, you know, as one ride becomes almost too big um, and that sort of thing so yeah exactly I mean I, I've heard uh, you know I've never been on the midnight ride as, um, but you know that seems to have been really inspiring to a lot of people as well mm-hmm. yeah and we have a couple different forums for sort of creating and, and advertising for the group rides which is which is really which actually you know which really facilitates and, and, and enables the, the whole Los Angeles region to go on these rides. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing about organizing these types of things is that, you know, with San Francisco Critical Mass, it organizes itself, right? Mm -hmm. Because nobody ever needs to be told where and when we're meeting. Uh, You know, it's always we meet at this place. We meet at the Justin Hermit Plaza at the Flip Market, 530 on the last Friday of every month. So all it took was a small group of us to hand out those flyers early on saying that's how we're doing things. And then people all plug in on their own, and they can make their way there, and, and they're there, and we're there every month, right? Mm-hmm. And it, or, in, that, in that sense, it organizes itself. It doesn't require a lot of people to get out their date books and go, oh, well, can I make it or can I not make it? You know. And I think that that type of regularity really builds community. And so I think if people are, are people are starting these kinds of rides, they might want to think about that and like do it on. You know, or like the Butterlap ride that I mentioned uh, here in San Francisco is that Wednesday. It's every Wednesday mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time, the same place, and and that really is a great way of building community. So, um, you know, yeah, and I think that's also kind of how how a ride knows that it, it sort of made it into the the at least for here the LA infrastructure when when you no longer have to advertise for it, you no longer have to remind people what the name of the ride is, uh, that yeah. sort of thing, then it's become sort of an institution and it's something that's going to happen forever. Yeah, that's right. Um, I am curious about what's happened with the uh, situation with the police in L.A. I don't know that much about it, although I've seen these dueling flyers. You have one from the LAPD about critical mass and one from critical mass about the LAPD. Right, and actually, we're gonna. I think we're gonna take a, a quick break after we talk t- to you. But we do have in the studio today um, Manny, who is the sort of was the recipient of, of the LAPD uh, over. How how would you call that? Uh, the funness, the oneness. Yeah. Yes. The, so I mean, we have last week we had a, a wonderful show where we we're all happy and excited about sort of LAPD's presence presence in in the critical mass during June, but sort of now we're back to reality. We're going to talk about the realities of, of, of how, you know, that one incident that was so positive um, will color the, the, the incident in May that was much more negative. 
Um, well, well, so here. you want to take a break now, or, or I could tell you a little bit about the San Francisco experience with uh, the police. Actually, that'd be great. Yeah, Why don't you tell us about that, Hugh? <clears throat> well, um, you know, uh, we've had a really ambivalent relationship with the police over the years. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, at first they really ignored us when we were really small, and that was really great. Like, we didn't get very much police presence on critical mass on the, the first few rides. And, uh, and then as it got larger, they, you know, they really treated it as yet another expression of um, San Francisco bizarre protest politics and they, uh, you know, allowed it to, didn't, didn't try to stop it in its, in its earliest incarnations. Uh, and then at, at certain other times, they have tried to uh, really facilitate it, maybe with a heavy hand, you know. Uh, like, they'll try to, uh, at one occasion, uh, years into critical mass, I showed up, and the police were there with a bullhorn, and they said, welcome to this event, or welcome to critical mass. And they were sort of acting as if, like, okay, we're in charge of critical mass, and uh, they were riding their motorcycles at the front of the ride as if we were a parade and sort of trying to steer us straight up Market Street on the most obvious route possible, um, probably to try to, um, you know, mitigate the, the effects on, on, um, on motorized uh, traffic. And we really, you know, most people at Critical Mass didn't want to be led around by the police. We have our own agendas. Part of the point of it for a lot of us is, the principle of self-management. You know, we're in charge of our own social movement, uh, and so you know uh, that that has been an issue. We had to, um, you know, assert ourselves and uh, and choose to follow our, our own path. And uh, and and then at other times, you know, the police have put out the word like, "Oh, we want to talk to somebody from Critical Mass," and there really isn't anybody for them to talk to. Like, we are not an organization. There's nobody behind it. You know, there's no shadowy. Uh, group that's running it. There are a lot of individuals that are excited about it and take part in and, uh, and show up uh, month, month after month. Uh, and some of us have made flyers or brought ideas for routes, but, um, you know, there's, there's, nobody, there's nobody with any authority or power over the ride at all. And so, uh, you know, I, find, I think that has been somewhat confusing, a little frustrating for the group because what they would really like is to put a committee in charge of it and then say, okay, you guys are liable for getting permits and paying for, uh, you know, you're going to have a mass parade event, you've got to have toilets, and you've got to pay insurance and all of this other stuff. I mean, basically things that would be impossible for for any bike ride. To all do the things that would make it uncomfortable. Um, uh, you know, so there's an ambivalent relationship there, I would say. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't, you know, uh, I don't think that, I wouldn't say that the police have been the biggest hindrance in San Francisco. I think they've been very tolerant, in fact. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, we are very independent uh, uh, people that are, are really interested in self-managing our own social movement. So. Yeah. And I, I think that that is kind of uh, something that is like you said, kind of frustrating or, or, or the, the police don't understand that's that's sort of the reasoning behind it. And there is no one in charge and there is no set route. Um, and anyone can kind of take over the route whenever they want. They just have to be at the front. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that is a really confusing thing for, for anybody that thinks in terms of ordinary hierarchies. And, and that is also part of the thing that it's kind of 
part of uh, what we're bringing to the world is saying, look, there are different ways that people can collaborate other than a traditional hierarchy with an organization and leaders and a budget and all of this other uh, things that are that, that we've seen where those go. You know, you get a solidified institution that that has all of these uh, um, that that like every institution, universities to government bureaucracies to political parties. You get all of this infighting, uh, irrational. Yeah. We don't. And so, did you? I mean, in terms of. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with the San Francisco critical mass, but was there, have there been particular incidences that were, um, I mean, where, where there was sort of, you know, police action towards towards cyclists in the same oh, way that there yeah. was here? Yes, in fact, I should have mentioned that, that we had a really big, uh, in 1997, so the ride had been going for about five years, and um, there, we had a mayor at the time who was a, who's a, who's a, um, Willie Brown, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a famous California politician. Mm -hmm. And uh, Willie Brown was the mayor, and he decided that he was going to maybe score some political points by cracking down on, on critical mass. And, and the rumor is that his, his um, limo got caught once by critical mass, and he was outraged by it, and he decided to crack down. I don't know if that's true, but uh, in any case, in 1997, August of 97 or July, he started uh, sending out the police, and uh, they started really heavily ticketing and arresting people. There were some cases of police brutality, uh, really shocking photos of police you know, kneeling on the necks of bicyclists. And they got an enormous amount of press for critical mass. And what happened was that the numbers of people on our ride just exploded and went through the roof. And also the membership of the SB SFBC also just doubled overnight. Um, and... So, you know, it had, uh, for, for the police and for the mayor, it had the effect of making, you know, of the opposite effect of what they had uh, hoped for. Uh, and um, it, it was a really unpleasant few months where we were really being harassed by the police. But at a certain point, I think they really realized, wow, this works better if we, from the police perspective, they have, they have less problems. If they just allow our ride to exist, if they let us go through, if they can facilitate at times by blocking certain key intersections, and then we're gone in 10 minutes. So there's a delay that's on traffic of about 10 minutes. You know, and if, if everything runs smoothly, that's what happens. And if they try to crack down, it creates a giant traffic nightmare. Um, and, you know, in response, another thing that was funny is that in response to this police crackdown at that time, we did a uh, ride-to-rule ride, which means that we uh, mostly rode according to traffic uh, laws, where ordinarily uh, what happens on critical mass is that we, uh, at the front of the ride, generally stops for red lights, but the middle of the ride, if it encounters a red light, we all continue through the red light together. Uh, and that is one of the big controversial things. People get really upset that we go through red lights. Mm -hmm. And uh, so on this ride-to-rule ride, we stopped for every red light and only took one lane of traffic and obeyed every traffic law as far as we could. And the effect was that it was very disruptive to traffic, vastly more disruptive to traffic than our ordinary, you know, parade mode of just, like, moving straight through together. Um, and that, I think, was a really interesting, you know, experiment for the police to see. I think they saw that, and I think that they, they just made a tactical decision to back off and let us exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, that's definitely... Um we're definitely in that process right now of sort of the, the police brutality in May, and now we've got 
uh, you know, it was a nice little LAPD love fest um, during June. So we're sort of in the process of seeing what what the next step will be between um, the the police and 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 sort of critical mass specifically and, and cyclists in general. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I don't know how many people, how many riders do you usually have? It, it, it varies, but around 1,000. Oh, yeah. 1,000 people is, is about the right size. That when you, I think what I have noticed is that when you have a smaller ride, like the Berkeley Critical Mass, which I've been involved in some too, uh, and it's a, a much smaller affair there in Berkeley. It's, you know, at, at, at the most like 100 or 200 people. And uh, it's much it's, it's it's much more contentious, you know, and, and I think that really speaks to the name, you know, the name critical mass really speaks to that because that's the idea is to get a certain number of people, and I don't know what that number is, but it's probably about a thousand, and at that point you become if there's a tipping point, and you become not just a group of disruptive people that are getting in the way, you become a force of nature. And people, you know, recognize that, motorists recognize that, and they say, oh, my God, well, I'm just going to defer to that. That's some crazy thing that happens on the last Friday of every month and just let it go through. And when it's a smaller group, you really get the problem of motorists trying to, to break in into the middle of the rock and get really get all sorts of angry confrontations. Mm-hmm. So, so there, is a, there is a size. And I bet you that, the, I bet you that, the, that, that it's around 1,000 riders is what you want for a nice, comfortable, big social ride. Yeah, and I think that I think that actually this this last critical mass was probably smaller because the police presence was was very. I mean, everyone knew that the police were going to be there, so it set a different tone for yeah. the ride in general. Yeah, you know that's one tactic that the police could take too is that they could just show up and get unpleasant for people and get confrontational and get a lot of tickets and. And I think that they have, uh, the police have done that with some success in New York. Uh, the critical mass ride there is really uh, much smaller than it ever was in the as a result of just ongoing police harassment. And the problem then, too, is that you get a certain type of people. I don't know if this is the case with New York, but I, but I think that you know when there's a big police presence, you, know, you get a certain type of angry person who wants a confrontation with the police who's going to show up every month, and that also changes the character of the ride. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean, that, that's sort of a problem for any kind of protest social movement, you know, that's out in the streets. You, you, you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to deal with the police. You also have to deal with the people who want to fight with the police. And, you know, I think most people are really not interested in a fight with the police. I, I think most people are out for a nice night, and they want to enjoy themselves, and, and, and they you know, they definitely don't want a, you know, $200 ticket. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, really how to, how to deal with that. But if people are interested in that problem, there's a great movie called Still We Ride, uh, which is about the, uh, the situation in New York City. It was made several years ago, but it describes that phenomenon quite well. All right. Well, I think we are out of questions for you, but... Thank you so much for talking with us this morning. Yeah, it's my pleasure, and uh, thanks. Good luck. All right, thank you. That, that of course, Hugh from uh, San Francisco Critical Mass. My faith is fading, but I'm still holding on. Oh, I 
To the soft listening station on KPFK. This is actually um, from a gentleman called Ron Kinney. And Ron has this beautiful bike on the back here. If you think that's the only reason we play it, you're wrong. There, there's actually some cool lyrics on it. This is part of the scenery. Sometimes I like to believe I'm more than the scenery. It is Kill Radio. Chicken Leather here. Joined in the studio by a couple of people. We're going to get right to them. But let's hear a little bit more of Ron right now. Of the day never heard Oh, I placate the masses With a shift in their words What some refer as greed Is now called success It's in all of the rhetoric Which we've come to expect When it's never enough Sets a path for destruction Rolling over you With great momentum and swing And like a real big lie Plays off an emotion And really good lies Feed off half the truth And in the truth that shadows Can dwarf any mountain And the ashes uh, okay, I'm going to save us all here. Uh, Rod, uh, maybe we'll have him on the show talking about why he's riding. It looks like a, probably about a thousand dollar bike on it, on the cover of his uh, on the back cover of his of his album that came out. Um, I don't even know what it's called. It's called the Ron Kinney EP. How cool is that? Perfect. <laughs> anyway, joined in the studio by <laughs> Molly, who is the host. I'm just here, uh, sort of supporting. And, of course, um, we have our guest here. Maybe he'd like to introduce himself. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, my name is Manny uh, Gallegos. And, uh, unfortunately, I was the uh, video yeah, uh, we, videographer. We, we were trying to queue up the video, and everybody's seen the video. Maybe maybe we could watch it again, but I, I'd like to think everybody's seen it by now. So maybe we could just yeah. skip ahead. I mean if we if we can pull it up we should we should play it just so that we you know everyone's on the same page but before we start talking about the the LAPD incident I would just be curious, Manny, if you wanted to talk a little bit more about yourself, because we were just we were just joking around that you're a rocket scientist, you're a cyclist. What, how, are you are you from the the area? How long have you been here? Where do you live? Kind of what's let's let's before we jump into to talking about sort of the more contentious issues. What 
What's your story? What makes me tick, huh? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a native from L.A., from East L.A. Um, I grew up there. Um, and, yes, I work for one of the space agencies uh, here in town. And uh, I'm a electronic failure analyst. And I went to school in town as well, Cal State L.A. I got my physics degree there. And um, I had lived up in Altadena for a while, and I'm back down in East L.A. again. And I started bike riding a while back, uh, a few years ago, and started doing rides about about two years ago. And um, you know, I've been doing that ever since. Of course, uh, Critical Mass is one of the main uh, rides that got me very interested in um group rides um there's nothing like riding with 400 riders of course right and um that was uh, the main thing that got me interested in group riding as you know now we do super fast rides and it's not <laughs> big groups of uh riders but no, it's still small it's another groups of riders very very quickly yeah it's in a different level but it's a, it's also intense and and i love both i love mm -hmm, the small definitely. fast rides and the big slow rides yeah and we were kind of talking about that before you came in, there's 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 d different rides serve different purposes, and and sometimes you just want a social ride where you're just kind of cruising along, and Definitely. sometimes you want to be going so fast that you can't see any of the things that you're passing. Yeah, you're going fast. <laughs> you can't talk. You can't. You, you don't want to talk. You just want to keep. If you can talk, you're not going yeah. fast enough. Exactly, and uh, but yeah, I've uh, been riding. I'm a commuter. I commute to work. Uh, even um, I started commuting when I was living up in Altadena. It was about three to six miles. It depended on how which route I, I took uh, to work. And uh, now that I'm back in East LA, I still commute. So it's a nice 18 to 30 mile uh, commute per day, uh, which is uh, good. It keeps me uh, keeps me in shape, and of course, it's a nice warm up for some of the rides, like I said. And uh, yeah, you know, we uh, actually took a ride yesterday, um, one of the local rides yesterday to my town, my side of town, and I showed them some of the nice uh, um, parts of the uh, of the neighborhood, and um, so it was fun. So that's more or less. Uh, yeah, I'm an avid rider, and uh, this, this is really interesting because a lot of people, when they make money, would leave the community, and here you are moving back to to like <laughs> the community. This is like what they want people to do. You know, get an education, come back, and sort of. I'd like to believe lift the, the the surrounding environment or people up to your level, and yeah. I, not not that you're at any level above these people, but it's the idea that you've brought back the the knowledge, the enculturation you had back to a community, and you're able to nurture it too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. My my, my family, uh, they they they've always, um, you know, they did. My family owns one of the uh, famous local. Uh, um, uh, businesses in the area and uh, you know he's my dad's always giving back to the community and of course me as his son I also believe in that um, back a couple of years ago I was actually teaching I used to be a out-of-body professor uh, instructor I'm sorry and um, I you know that's what I does that was my way of giving back to the community I taught um, out of body for about seven years uh, back at, at Skill Center. So, along with out of body, are you teaching them like uh, 
what is it? Uh, like Archimedes' displacement of water for mass and things like oh, that. Oh, no, or, but yeah, I, I did. it's uh, like, hey, how do you know this happened? Well, there was this Greek scientist that did this, and right. you can figure out arcs and stuff. Do yeah. you work that into your teaching? I explained a lot of the uh, chemical uh, a lot of the chemical reactions that happened uh, during painting. Uh, and, uh, of course, working with vehicles, you also got to explain all the elect- electrical components and how they work. And So I did do some... You know, I, I, you could only take it so far without without really getting into calculus. So, <laughs> you know, somebody told me once that that a bicycle basically is a simple, elegant ma- machine, but there's math involved with there too. Oh, figuring oh out yeah, 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 yeah. And lots of physics, hubs yeah. and stuff, and just just the idea of like this little thin little hub is carrying all your weight with spokes sort of a tensile string thing or anything you ever get into yeah. that or anything uh, we got a physicist here i want to know all this stuff i mean you know i've always uh wondered about it i don't really do any calculations on, on on any of my wheels or any of my bicycles or anything but um yeah i'm an electrical engineer i'm not so much a mechanical engineer oh, but, okay uh, if i was to actually you know, customize a bike, or you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of building a tall bike. I probably will have oh, to look into. It, it's that. funny you should mention that because <laughs> we at the bike oven have been trying to get Damberland, who's built a number of tall bikes, including one that was showcased over at Orange Twenty for I, I think the what was it the last bike film festival. Uh, elegant, big machine, but it there is. were there was a lot of physics involved in it from yeah, from yeah. just. The bearings for the the pedals. It's like if you think about it, it was so large that you couldn't. Ju- it was a, almost a penny farthing, but it was even larger than the, a normal one. He put in a separate set of pressed bearings for the. And, and now it sounds like we're all technical and we know what we're talking about. <laughs> I know nothing about how he did it, right. but he. It seemed like he had a separate drivetrain because the drivetrain was different from a normal drivetrain because of just the size and then then the wheelbase it wasn't just a regular wheel it was like about a five foot wheel wow so how how do you you yeah yeah. there's some definite math involved. yeah definitely definitely i'm I'm always trying to do this i'm wondering if you do it Do, do you try to get that spark of interest with the kids too when you teach them stuff like oh yeah uh, yeah, 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 yeah oh yeah and automotive even even bicycles uh you know i have my nephews now and they actually uh um they're really into biking, you know, because they see me biking everywhere now. And um, I always try to show them, you know, how to maintain their bike, how to, you know, how it works. How is it that, you know, you're able to go so fast? And I actually try to explain to them the the physics behind it. So so, so what you're saying is it really takes a rocket scientist to actually <laughs> navigate the roads of Los Angeles here. Uh, fast? No, uh, no, nah, no, nah, nah, of course not. I, you know, it's uh, biking is for everybody, I think. Uh, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, wonderful. So moving on. <laughs> and as technology would say, we have a physics department. We still can't get up the, <laughs> the little video that, that they showed here that night. Uh, yeah, the YouTube but video. The but YouTube wanna... video is crashing all the time. It's, it's, it's funny. Do, do you know what it was classified as, your, your video? Nah, no. I, I, you know, people have brought it up four or five times in here. I cannot get the keywords. Maybe somebody will call in. Oh, okay. I know. You two one three two five two nine nine. Eight yeah. here and tell us how to do it. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, do in you the meantime, you, you you can explain to us. Yeah, do you want to just describe exactly what happened? What happened? Okay. And I'll I'll try and get it up here. At, um, uh, and again, this was so during Freudian. the May critical mass, um, which preceded, which sort of was the the reason why LAPD was out in such strong force. 
in yeah. such a strong positive force for the June ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, for the May ride, uh, we were protesting, you know, which was a piggyback, but it was it was still really nice that you know Critical Mass actually had um, an extra meaning to it, which was to to boycott or or to protest um, BP, uh, the oil spill. And there was a nice turnout, and we did, you know, a couple of uh, demonstrations. And um, as uh, at the actual BP at, at the actual BP stations, and um, then we uh, proceeded to head to Hollywood and Highland, which is uh, our uh, traditional place to uh, do our uh, circle of death. And um, when we arrived, we entered, we did our circle of death, and then uh, a police car. I believe arrived at a location, told us to get out of the intersection, and we did. Do you want to explain really quick what the Circle of Death is? Circle of Death is uh, when we take over the intersection and we spin around the intersection and just take over uh, for at least a cycle. And uh, usually by that time, you know, somebody jumps off their bike, picks it up, puts it up in the air. Uh, and uh, that's what a circle of death is. Uh, okay, let's let's just get this straight. Nobody really dies in a circle of death. Yeah, right? no, nobody dies. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, just traffic like, dies. I guess yeah, automotive traffic yeah, dies. Maybe maybe that for a whole one cycle. You're saying like the yeah. light cycle is maybe a minute, minute or two minutes, which is yeah. I mean, and, and the and whole it usually inspires people. Yeah, the, yeah. the whole oh, yeah. critical mass. You know, waiting for everyone to pass. I would say is at least like five or six minutes. So it's not really. No. Adding that much time. Yeah, no, not at all. And, and then, you know, you see all the cars, everybody gets really excited, you know, everybody, um, especially in Hollywood and Highland, you see all the, uh, the tourists, everybody just puts out, pull, pulls out their uh, yeah. phones and cameras yeah. start recording exactly. us, they, they start applauding, they start cheering. It's um, High fives. Yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. Favorite part. Everywhere. And, you know, like I said, we do one, two cycle, you know, one, one cycle max, and then we leave. And um, that's what happened that night. We did the Circle of Death. We're uh, leaving, proceeding on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, going west. Um, I'm sorry, east. When um, I seen these uh, two um, police officers uh, traveling towards us, I believe one of them had fallen and had picked up his bike and put it over to the side. Uh, the other guy went over, uh, put put his bike over on the side as well, and um, then they jumped right in front of the riders, and they had their uh, batons uh, drawn out. And it looked like they were either attempting, well, one of them was attempting to either hit people in the legs or put the, the uh, baton into their spokes. And the other guy is acting like he's going to swing the baton at, at some of the riders. And, um, you know, he made contact with a few of us uh, writers. Um, one of them, like I said, he made contact with me. And, I, you know, I looked at him like, are you going to try to swing that baton on me or something? So I went around him. Uh, and I looked back. They did the same thing to this kid. And the kid actually stopped right in front of them. And they pulled him off the bike. And they started manhandling him, you know, uh, um, they handcuffed him and they were pulling him around, you know, shaking him around. And even his helmet came off. They grabbed his bike and they threw it towards the uh, sidewalk. Now, this is before you took out your iPhone and started rolling video, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is right. This, this is what prompted me to start recording video because I seen him, you know, yank this kid off the bike and then throw his bike to, you know, towards the curb. You know, that's, that's not right. I know that's not right. So uh, <laughs> let, let's just get back. In your mindset... I'm I'm the kind of person that would think twice about okay the police are beating up people 
and I don't know how, how our audience would react, but I would think, wow, this is a situation I don't want to be in. And yet you stuck around, took yeah. out your camera, and started photographing this. Nobody's ever put it that way, but nah, I'm, I'm <laughs> but, kidding, I'm kidding. But yeah. n- nobody thinks about these things in a, in a coherent kind of thing. You just do them. Is it, was it instinct that kicked in? in yeah, it was instinct. You know, I was actually, you know, I, had, I just happened to have my, my iPhone in my pocket because um, I was listening to music. I was writing, listening to music, and oh, that's why. Oh, the, this sounds like an ad for an iPhone. <laughs> no, people do not go out and get right. one right away. And uh, no, I was just listening to music, and I just said, you know, I, I, it just happened that I said, hey, you know, let me pull it out and start recording. Started recording. And that's why at the beginning of the uh, video, if you pull it up on YouTube, um, it has really good audio. Because yeah. at the beginning, I have my earplugs on and it has a really good um, uh, earpiece, oh, okay. uh, which picks up the audio very, very All right, well. we're going we're to try again. It's really funny and, because um, every, everything I pick up on YouTube nowadays goes back to... The report we heard at the beginning from KTTV or the one that we reported, we played at the beginning of the whole thing from KBC. And we're going to try it again here. But uh, it's it's really kind of amazing. First of all, there it is. Look at this. Molly picked it up in 30 seconds. How, how, How sick is that? Here we go. And Kill Radio, it's loading up. Here we go. So... Give, give us the play-by-play. So, yeah, like I said, uh, at that point, I, I had just seen them pull off the kid, and I'm, 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 I'm just recording. Uh, I'm telling them because they had they were in the middle of the of, um, in front of us, so I told them, why don't you come out and um, um, try to hit somebody again. And I guess uh, he does it right here. Uh, one, you know, he comes over and kicks one of the riders as he's going by to try to knock him off. And... You know, I know that's not right because, you know, nobody does that. And um, you can yeah. see right there, the guy walks back. He's given instructions to come after me. And then uh, another police, I guess, had instructions to come around the other side, get off his patrol car and come and tackle me from the back. And that's what they did. They tackled me from the back. The other two cops came over and you can see them uh, come in and kick me a couple of times. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, they, they were punching me or not i remember there, they there's did, an arm yes yeah i mean i, I remember them uh, pulling they were pulling me from my helmet um you know which had came off of my head of course um because like i said when i started writing i seen that the, the the pack of writers had stopped uh flowing and i started writing with them well by the time i looked when i look back um you know i i just seen uh, um um that that the other cops have had gotten to the to the uh, to the scene already. Apparently, they had called for backup or something. And when I was turning forward, all I saw was blue uniform. That's all I saw in my face. Blue this, uniform. So this is about a minute thirty-one, and it's all happening in real time. Yeah, yeah. That, the, the, the knocking that's, down. Yeah, it's this, not this unedited a, video. The video, like I said, when it goes blank, a lot of people ask me, "What happens when it goes blank? Did you edit it?" I'm like, "No, that's when I put it back in my phone. I mean, in my pocket." But, and, but there's a sequence where it's on the ground, and you see the police hitting over you. I, I think <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, abbreviated, yeah. but they're hitting over you. And at one point, you see the phone? foot come down and crush the phone. Yeah, you know, at the end of the... Uh, at it's the end, it's uh, like a strange POV there. Yeah, yeah. like at the end of the uh, uh, takedown, I guess you could call it. Uh, when I was handcuffed, I, I noticed that my phone had fallen out. Yeah. Uh, and I tried reaching for it, and then the cop said, "Hey, I got it, I got it." And he grabbed me from my handcuffs and pushed me away from my phone. He so I you know I didn't get to see exactly what he did, 
A lot of people say that looks exactly like a foot coming down on a phone. Well, and, it, um, it's one, yeah, it's one thing, and somebody was telling this to film kind of altercations. That's that's normal. But anytime the police interact in it or say don't film that, that's obstruction of justice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, obstruction no, I, of and, and I totally understand. To yeah, I totally on the streets. And so, did they tell you to stop recording, or no, they just no, basically I mean, knocked you over? And yeah, and like I said, it, it, like I said, um, you know, when I'm recording. You could tell uh, right before the uh, the video goes blank when it goes into my into my pocket, um, the officer that you know, which you know people have nicknamed as Officer Kicks a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and his partner start going towards what seems to be another uh, police car that just pulled up, yeah, and um, they are told something. I guess they're being told, "Hey, you're being recorded. You're being, you know, they're, uh, they're taking a picture of you or something." Yeah, you with know, that by, cute little van that came out that was that nobody could talk over the following week maybe they were, it, it seems really ridiculous that they have all these cameras and yet they can see we're just on bicycles we're not yeah, a, a yeah. threat to anybody yeah we're not that's, e- that's what they've tried to tell us mm-hmm. it's like this is a, a, a we've had the police come out and, and mobilize a tactical force saying that that okay we've got all of los angeles on tactical alert because of your bike riders and we're going wait a second guys if this is the best you could do against real terrorists i feel sorry because it's been a real haphazard kind of thing i mean you have to look at it that situation too yeah yeah in in the offset do you really need to use that much force against a bicyclist that's willing to comply with your command well, yeah they, they, were, and they never gave you any directions though. no they gave you uh, and, and that's one of the things i'm getting to yeah. they gave you Conflicting ones. One told you to get up, and one told you to get down. down. As according to the video, you don't hear it here in this section. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they tell me get up, get down, get up, get down. Um, you know, and but you just, uh, you even just prior to down, that, right? yeah, even pr- yeah, prior to that, it was you know they didn't say anything. Like I said, um, I was just standing there filming, and then uh, it seems like they told me. You know, I, I spoke to some of the, the the witnesses who saw it, who worked in, in some of the uh, shops in the area. They said. That another car had already, uh, another cop car had already pulled up. The guy got off his vehicle and ran towards me to tackle me. So well, this is while I'm facing the opposite way. Oh. So he already had directions from somebody. Somebody had told him to go do that. Yes. Right. You know, that's the way I'm looking at it. You know, because, it, you know, you can see from the time that the phone goes into my pocket to when I'm being tackled, it's about three seconds. Uh-huh. So, he, you know, it doesn't just happen. You know, this is three seconds. You know, yeah, so. I, I'm always hearing that the, the reason they do this is because they think that you have a weapon. Obviously, a camera is not a weapon. Obviously, an iPhone <laughs> is not a weapon. Maybe, maybe, bike, maybe it maybe is. Maybe they thought the bike was a weapon. It, uh, you know, well, uh, this, is, this has <laughs> happened to me in a similar situation where I've been at, and we all know about the Mayday thing. Yeah. But I was at the Mayday thing with my camera. And it wasn't so much me that they cared about it cared about separating me from the camera the camera and then once they separated me i got the camera back and the footage is gone everything's been erased or or things are damaged in such a way that that footage is not able to collaborate or cooperate what what has happened before yeah i was lucky uh like i said when, when i was released when i got cited out this is after 45 minutes to an hour of being handcuffed 
Um, that's, so you, you, that's the first thing I went to go check to make sure my phone was there. I said, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work anymore. I can, you know, eventually get the memory out. I'll yeah. take it somewhere, get it, you know, get it. Try to get that that that, you know, that video. So did you post but, this? Um, was it posting in real time? No, I actually went home that night. I still we still went to a second ride after the critical mass ride. Oh really? <laughs> you, you you know one ride maybe that wasn't enough. You, it wasn't. You, it you was, didn't say that's it. I'm calling it yeah, there. You no, just went on the next ride. Yeah, I went on the next the ride. People's ride. Right. And the people's were right, they, yeah. Did did the when this happened, did the ride stop? Like what so no. so if you were in handcuffs for forty five minutes to an hour, the ride just continued without you yes. and you met up at that final Yeah, like, I met at the, and, and the sunset. Yeah, I met at the uh, next you know, at the at the end, which is the people's ride uh, And start, was everyone excited to see you? Like, Actually they, they had already started. So I I, okay, I just called a couple people and I just caught up with them but So your phone um, was still working? Yeah, yeah, my phone. Oh died, my god, that, this, that this really does sound like an ad for an iPhone. Yeah, this is sick. <laughs> and um, but um, so yeah, then like I said, then we I met up with everybody else. Then we got chased by the cops again, again? Uh, with a cop car. Yeah, they they followed us. They chased us from uh, from um, Silver Lake all the way to downtown. Silver Lake to downtown. To downtown. For, the, for a, a specific reason? Where yeah, they kept you? telling us, uh, get in the bike lane where there's no bike lanes, you know, and then they kept saying, stay to the right, stay to the right, even though everybody was on the right lane. Mm -hmm. They were just, you know, they harassing. just have to, yeah, they're just okay. harassing. They're just over the loudspeaker saying, you know, go here, go here, go there, go there, and then eventually they got downtown. Um, you know, and then they let us go. After okay. that, they, there was a chopper following us the whole time as well. Um, which was interesting. Yeah, so um, once you're no longer in the kind of the, the downtown area, the police, or it's yeah, either yeah. the Hollywood or downtown areas that the police seem to... Well, yeah, I think they backed... I think that that was the thing. They were following us with the chopper, and then once we got downtown, they just couldn't... They just said, all right, just let them go downtown. You know, they're going somewhere else. They're moving yeah. away from well, Hollywood. What were the numbers like at this point? Were there, at were this there point, it was about... 50 to 100 or... No, it was more like 200. Oh, still a large crowd. Yeah, and then it broke. I, when the cops started chasing us, it broke up into two groups of 100 each. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, yeah, some people went directly to Echo, uh, to, uh, Echo Park, and then, uh, like I said, uh, we ended up past downtown when the, the cops finally... Uh, we shook the cops, and then we just came back to Echo Park. Now, did you sense that there was a, a mob mentality or anything when you were riding? Or were people no, just everybody, everybody was scared. They said, oh, you know, like I said, I, I didn't hear, I didn't get to see it, but they said that later on after, you know, I got tackled and I was handcuffed. During that time, another uh, patrol car like almost hit them or something and they were you know throwing people down from their bikes and, wow uh, so you know all this stuff was going on people are telling me about it I'm like oh yeah I got tackled and, and handcuffed here you want to see a video and people were like wow this is amazing dude you got to post this on YouTube tonight so, uh, and so I did. You did, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you did. And how and, how fast how fast were people seeing it? Well, it, it went it, overnight. It had five thousand hits, okay. and then by five thousand. Yeah, by the third day, it was close to a hundred thousand. Uh huh. Yeah, it went. It went. And it, did you it, have it to just, contact a lawyer, or did a lawyer contact you? I contacted an okay. attorney. Yeah, but um, they, they actually, the, you know, the, um, Stephen Box was one of the bicycle mm -hmm. activists from yeah. um, uh, with Bikeside. Uh, he was, he was the first. We, we know Mr. Box. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was the first one to go and uh, make a formal complaint with the uh, police department about the incident. No. So, you know that there was a BAC meeting the following Tuesday. I was there. Yeah. Oh, you were. I was there. I was very low key. I, I, I talked to you that night, but uh, and I, I totally was oblivious. 
as to who yeah. you were and what had happened. But it, it seemed that you could have gotten up and said something in, in whatever. And we noticed that after the public comment, Everybody stood up and talked about how this had happened or this had happened, but but you remained in the back. Was yeah, that something that I, I, the I lawyer to told get, you, or did you feel that no, it no, no, no? Me anywhere? myself, I wanted to get a feeling of of everybody's standing, uh, yeah. especially my fellow bike riders, because I, I hadn't, you know, I've only talked to, I had only talked to so many of us, yeah. Um, and I wanted to see what everybody else uh, was feeling. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like everybody, you know, I mean, the video speaks for itself. I mean, okay. it's not, you know, there's not some, I, I, you, you remember that lady saying, oh, there's his side of the story. And then there's the police side of the story. That, that was one of the people that came out to support the police. And we yeah, said, well, it's, it's okay to support the police, but yeah, we you have know, video evidence. Yeah, and, there's like and two going, sides of the story well, maybe, and then the video. Maybe yeah, exactly. it's just an accident or something. I'm going, they think they were stomping on his on his camera I was saying and everybody looked at me like why are you even talking you're a camera guy you're supposed to be neutral <laughs> going, but look yeah. man this is this is not something where it's like I mean it's pretty much cut and dry you see it and they said well we don't know what incidents led up to this and I'm saying you it's just told us what incidents led up yeah. and this is not a, a, a positive light on, on some of the reactions yeah yeah and, and, and especially being that we had already exited the the, um, the intersection that they said uh, we all committed a crime in which was to 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 uh to stop enter traffic yeah to to stop traffic for a for a red light or something now and because um, i got cited for that i got cited for uh, uh entering a light during red or crossing a light during red uh-huh. and then something else that was made up like uh but 45 to minutes obey. of keeping you handcuffed for this oh yeah well the thing was um the thing was that they they you know this is um this is uh the uh sergeant's uh uh, orders. No uh, matter what, we have to book this guy. No matter wow. what, we got to book him tonight. Oh, and I was like, wait we, a second, for what? And they're like, oh, we got to take him. We got to take him. And so I was you were going to be put into jail for this? Yeah, they wanted to put me in jail. Oh. Luckily, they found a real criminal across the street. <laughs> A they, real criminal safety yeah, was yeah, it Barabbas was his name and they, I, I don't know who it was. What, what, what do you mean criminal. by a real criminal? Was it was it they this just, was it a street performer <laughs> that didn't have a license? There you go. Is yeah, this yeah. the one that it TMZ was, uh, did with Batman? <laughs> Batman got was, put in the cuffs. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Barney man. It was he was across the street. No, there was somebody across the street that they've been looking for a police. I mean, a gang member that the police had been looking oh. for. They recognized. And so everybody took off running across the street. Then they came, sighted me out, forgot about me, and let me go. And I had no um, idea this is what transpired that night. Yeah, so in essence, a, you have this gang member to thank for just showing up at, yeah, at whatever they call that, Highland and whatever, Highland, the big Highland, elephant yeah. there. And well, this just seems ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, that's how police good solid police work gets handled here in Los Angeles. So so you they did cite you for two two infractions for two uh infractions. two violations. What was the other infraction? Riding uh, with a group <laughs> failure to obey the rules of the road. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Okay. A, and and what was I mean what kind of what kind of fines did they do for that? Yeah. Well actually I don't know because they they didn't even know about this uh vehicle code. The guy was very excited. He was like telling his buddies, "Hey, look, look. I found a good one. I found a good one." So, oh, so yeah. they, oh, wait, wait, so wait. They, they, they catch you and then they go, "Wait a second. We got to find an infraction to, to yeah, charge yeah. you." Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. They, even before that they were like, "Okay, sight them all for lights." And I was like, wait a second, my bike, which you have, you know, upside down over has there. Lights. Has, has lights. Has lights. It's blinking. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, well, let's well, go he, to the next one. He had what no are, helmet. Let's measure the pedal. Yeah, he said he had no helmet. I'm like, I'm over 18 and I did have a helmet. You guys yeah. were choking me with it. Oh. And then they're all like, oh, well. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go know, back. 
The police are choking you with your own helmet? Well, when I would, when they knocked me down, when they knocked me down, my helmet went back. And then somebody No, I think you're helmet. missing the point. They're, they're <laughs> using excessive force to choke you with your own helmet. Yeah, yeah. Your helmet is supposed to be a safety device. Maybe you should rethink this whole safety right. thing with the helmet. No, I was lucky I was wearing a helmet. I think if anybody, if they would have knocked over one of the kids that doesn't wear a helmet or something like that and, and critical mass, somebody would have been really hurt. I, I was injured for at least five days. I was in pain. You know, I was in, in serious And you were wearing pain. a Bell helmet? What, what kind of brand was this uh, helmet? Was it an eye, eye helmet or something? An eye helmet? No, it was a Trek helmet. It yeah. was a Trek helmet. Still kids out there. Go shopping for what what style was it? What model? No, we're just kidding. But seriously, if you're on a bike, you should. This might be the reason to wear a helmet. Seriously, Maybe not yeah, the only yeah. reason, but just so just another reason. By the police. Just in case the police want to stop you and cite you. We're, we're uh, making light of this, but basically, you you wore your helmet, so that they didn't get you on that. But they they're going through the vehicle code now, trying to cite you with something. Yeah, and apparently he found something, and he was very excited. And he was like, he I remember him uh, going to another ticket to copy the vehicle code uh, number. Oh. He's like, yeah, look, look at this one. Failure to obey the rules of the road. Ha, oh, that one's a cool one. That one's a cool. Well, one. and but uh, that was if the police are actually making it sort of the reason you're not being able to do the rules of the road. This seems it's it. it Look, I got to be honest. When I look at the video, it looks like you're standing still. Yeah, I was. I did. And the I traffic is my... going by, which is okay, but nobody's hitting you. Nobody's like doing anything. The police come. Yeah, there's there's it's no traffic. There's no traffic going there. by except the bike riders because uh, the police have stopped traffic before that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, down further down on Hollywood. So it's nothing but bike uh, bike uh, traffic. You could actually see me. I'm on the first lane, closest to the sidewalk, and I actually move right to the edge of it uh, to allow the rest of the bike riders to go by. So this and seems a lot like what Hugh was saying in San Francisco. With uh, they were sort of trying to score points by by cracking down on on bicyclists. Just I basically think so. Using I think that, you know. It, I have the feeling that maybe they were warned that we were going to be going up there, uh, uh-huh. which uh, like. Like actually, for this critical mass, when we went by there, we we actually rode through Hollywood and Highland because uh, for the for the last critical mass, when the cops rode with us, um, it split up into two groups, and I was in one of the groups. Are, you, are you talking about June? Yeah, June's critical mass. June's and, critical mass was insane, yeah. and uh, we played parts of it, but it was insane in the fact that there was so much police infrastructure, there was so much just yes. resources from Los Angeles. I counted it. Yes. When when we look back at the tape, twelve police vehicles, some marked, some unmarked, wow. not including all the little motorcycle cops, not including the bicycle, bicycle cops. cops. That, and then that Hollywood was and the Highland, safest ride you could yeah. have been on. And then in Hollywood and Highland, on Hollywood, there was police officers every. I'm sure you feet. could have been on Salman Bin Laden and gotten away that night. Because nobody would have realized you were on Salman Bin Laden. They would have just said, "Oh, he's on a bicycle. Let's protect him." <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. ridiculous. And I'm. Playing coy or anything, <laughs> but there were so many police. In fact, at there one point, was. the police said there was part of the fast ride just took off, yeah. and so yeah. they followed that ride, and they got winded, and then they followed some other ride. And then mm-hmm. what was really strange is there was an accident, but it was only after they had to stop at the city limits, which just seemed like, why didn't you guys just come as citizens? Then you could have ridden with us. With us, yeah. Some sort of like clause that says they can't pass this it was like a cartoon show or something it was something. probably because they were on the clock you know yeah. like running gin or something across state lines or something um, anyway <laughs> so 
back to this, we, we're going to try to... I know that we have some people who are interested in calling in, so let's try to wrap up with... Uh, yeah, we got of, Eric calling in with another report on something. Um, uh, one of the kids from Stancy Actually, Nick, our, our usual Bike Talk host, wants who? to call in as well. Nick who? Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so so once you once this all happened, you put it on YouTube, you got a lot of hits, you talked to an attorney. Sort of what has happened in the... In the interim, have you... Well, we uh, made a formal complaint with the city of L.A. Uh, about the incident. Um, and, of course, my rights being violated. And uh, we're waiting for their reply. Um, about 100% of the time, they deny this, um, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever happened. I'm not sure if that will happen this time since there's a video. So we're waiting. Um, but we're waiting, yeah. They have 45 days to... Um, which, it's only been 30 days as of uh, actually it'll be 30 days as of next week uh, okay. that we file the uh, is, is that complaint. a mandate for the city to answer within 30 days 45, 45, 45. days 45. Yeah. Okay. and like I said 100% of the time they deny anything happens so okay you so, take it to, to kind of the, after the, that. The, and it probably would have been denied except that there's this silly video. little video out there yeah. that kind of people according I mean you were there at the meeting people said this ruined their weekend and everything else I'm thinking oh, yeah. what about the bike rider I mean nobody <laughs> nobody said that and I really wanted to say that yeah, yeah. And, and and unfortunately you know this is this happens you know numerous times here in LA I yeah. mean I've seen this happen so many times I have a, at least two other videos where people are being um Cited, but you know they did. You know, of course, the cops either cut them off. I mean, one time they almost hit me, and then just cut off this guy. They they cut him off. They get him off the bike, handcuff him just to cite him. You know, another person. I think it was MTA as yeah, well. Yeah, that that's been you brought know. up a number of times. I, Molly, I think, was even mentioning how this this comes up all the time. It's like the cyclists. You you never would do this to a motorist or anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, I did, but a it, cyclist is like, oh, let's handcuff him. Let's let's throw him on the ground. And let's. is is the? I mean, is the? Is it because they're afraid people are gonna run? You, you know that that's get back what on been, the bike and out chase a police I, cop. Yeah, I, 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 I guess that that's what it is because I, I have seen that as well. I know I've been pulled over a few times as well, and usually I just get off my bike now because yeah, that's the main thing. Right away they want to pull you off the bike, and yeah. so what I do now is if I get pulled over, um, I get off my bike right away, put my bike on the side, and then they don't see you as a threat no more. So I guess they are thinking that you're gonna book it on them or something. Uh, <sighs> you know, they heard of. Uh, Molly doing wolf pack, so they're right. afraid she might run. <laughs> well, so. uh, once again, we we have to. I mean, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, they don't do it, like you said. They don't do it to a motor vehicle. I don't well, think they should do it they were, to. Um, we're working under the assumption that anyone driving a car wouldn't know how to run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there, there's there's our phone going crazy here. <laughs> we're we're gonna. I, we'll, I think we'll the last thing we really want to ask you is maybe maybe it's a call for you. Yeah. Let's find out, Manny. Okay. Kill radio. Oh no no. This is Nick Hu, right? Yeah, Nick Hu. Nick, Nick do you do you have a question? Nick is is actually traveling with the well where what are you doing then? I'm just on vacation in Cape Cod, man. Oh you're such but, a liar. Uh, I, I thought I'd call in just because I uh, you know, I didn't wanna be totally You are missing. such a liar. We know that you're there with the kids from Santee High doing uh, as part of the debate team that's traveling with the UN to uh, Oh not yet. Overseas. No, that's uh, that's later in July. Oh, that's later in July. So you really are on vacation. I'm really on vacation. Yeah, I wouldn't lie to you. Anyway, do you have a question for Annie? Oh, no. Um, 
No, I just wouldn't want to contribute uh, my perspective from back east. I want to tell you what's going on in the biking world and then get back to Manny. Okay. But uh, I just want to say that there's a, uh, a pan-Massachusetts challenge here, which is the annual bikeathon that's going on since uh, 1980. It's raised $270 million for cancer research. Uh-huh. And um, that it's a, it's a bikeathon that goes through 46 towns across 10 routes of varying mileage and difficulty in central and eastern Massachusetts. Are the police and, uh, taking down any of the riders and chokeholds yeah. or anything? <laughs> I, I think that like like trying to avoid the police batons is actually part of one of the legs of it. Yeah, like they'll try to stick it in the boat. Well, as we know, it's, it's, it's like a classic in every movie. You have like a, a police chase, you know, like in Cops with uh, Buster Keaton, you know, the, the police are chasing Buster and he gets away from thousands and thousands of cops. So maybe right. that's the idea. It's like it's all in our DNA t- to run, regardless if we really want to or not. Well, you don't see a lot of bike chases in movies, and that's actually probably, like, police bike ch- and, and... Oh, I beg to differ. One of the one of the great bike chases is uh, one of the first films ever. I, I, uh, I forget what it was, but it's a dog chasing a bike. And then the bike ends up, he gets on a bike because it's faster than anything. You see him out chase cars and everything else. Oh, what movie was that? It's, it's a silent film. We'll show it one of these days over at the bike. Are you saying that, that <laughs> since then that you can't think of a more recent... Uh... They're, they're, bikes aren't in movies. They're not big. Even Kevin Bowser is giving up on bikes. He's, he's uh, trying to fix this oil thing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I'm saying more bike faces. I'm just giving you crap. No, I know. But, um, but um, thanks, guys, for having Manny in there. It's great to hear from somebody who's actually, like, he's, like, you know, everywhere on the Internet. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I'm, I'm wondering, have, has it reached Boston yet? And people said, hey, you're from Los Angeles. And they said, you do that bike show. Have you, have you talked to the guy, et cetera, et cetera? Um, man, you know, I don't think that, I think there's a lot of people in Los Angeles that don't know about it really yet. So I, I haven't even tried to let people know here that I'm from Bike Talk looking for recognition. <laughs> that, that, but, be, um, that being yeah. said, Nick, it's, it's, um, you're, you're away from here. You're going to be doing all these things with the, with the kids this summer. One of your kids just called in. Uh, we're going to put him on in a little bit about a report about the Tour de France. I guess there's a bike ride in France that goes on, big one. Just yeah, I've heard about, about it. I know he's into bikes. He knows about yeah. these things. But uh, right. thanks for calling. This is Nick, right. who usually does it. Molly wants to ask you something. Hey, Molly. No, we didn't. Oh, okay. We didn't want to ask you anything, Nick. Oh. All right. Uh, no, well... But Thanks for for doing the show, guys. Oh, absolutely, Nick. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get back to asking Manny um, another question about uh, just just the events that happened on. I guess it was the thirty first of May, wasn't it? Uh, the twenty eighth of May. Twenty eighth of May. 28th. It, it got it took three days to to cover it. And we here at Bike Talk, I think we're <laughs> we're sort of we came in and we we're playing like thunderstorm didn't know about this, and then he says, did you hear about this thing? And I said, no. And we pulled it up, and we said, oh, my God. And then everybody started calling in with their, their, their ideas. Anyway, Nick, thanks for calling okay. us. And well, yeah, thanks for the coverage, man. All right. Peace All right, out. thanks, Manny. Bye, Molly. Bye. 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 That, of course, uh, Nick uh, from the Media Mammal himself, who also does uh, bike talk on vacation, taking time out. So Manny. Yes. Manny. Getting back to Manny. Getting back to Manny. Uh, do you, any other kind of final thoughts or 
or <clears throat> like uh, the things that you kind of anticipate that are going to happen? No, Have I mean, you been prepped for, you know, the eventual going, you know, filing like a, a more formal lawsuit and having to go to court? Have Do you have any sense of, I mean, this is, my understanding is, is that a normal lawsuit with just like a bike accident can take a year or two years to sort of settle. Um, is this the kind of process that could take, you know, five years? Are you, prepa- are you prepared? We, I'm prepared. <laughs> we have not taken it. We have not... Um talked about uh, any of the process itself but um, yeah, and, nor, nor do we want you to, to like I, I know there's some people say oh you shouldn't talk about anything but this oh yeah no 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 I mean I, you know, yeah, there. there's certain things that I have you know that I do have like uh, attorney client privileges and stuff like mm-hmm. that I wouldn't talk about but um, I, I actually don't know I, I, we're just right now we're waiting for the respond response and then after that there, there would be an actual lawsuit if they say that this didn't happen and um, that's the next step, I believe. I believe. I'm not sure. Um, have you? Have you? I know that there was recently an incident in in New York City that that um, where a similar, similar kind of, of of lawsuit took place. I believe there was video footage of that as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, have Have you sort of like compared and contrasted your experience with that one? To see yeah. if whether or not, you know, I mean, hopefully this wouldn't have to go to yeah, trial. I mean, uh, hopefully it's clear cut enough that, that the police. Well, they, they, you know, the police, I, I, you guys remember at the BAC meeting uh, that they, yes, actually, they, they actually went on record and said that they did a sweep of the area and collected video of the surveillance cameras in the area. So there's other and we're talking about a place that has massive amounts. Not only are they there for... Uh, the Academy Awards, but just as a traffic, uh, yeah, kind just of for traffic for everything. So I'm going to get this phone, but you can you can tell us more about that. Yeah, and uh, basically they went on record and they said that they uh, have video. So I want to actually see that video. You know, I want to see the takedown. That 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 video is probably more fun than my video. Yeah. Um, you know, mine only shows uh, you know, like I said, officer kicks a lot, who kicks the the bike rider going by, and then my takedown. You don't yeah. really see any anything else and. Um, from what I've heard uh, from the witnesses, you know, it was a sight to be seen. They couldn't believe it. Yeah. You could hear one of the witnesses, you could hear her screaming in the video, police brutality, police brutality, over and over and mm-hmm. over. Because she, that's exactly, that, well, was, that her was her impression. Her impression that, that, you know, that was, uh, and she was just, a, you know, not a bike rider, somebody that was at work. Yeah. Wow. So uh, on the phone now, we have uh, our uh, another Kill Radio DJ that does a show uh, called... Uh, Bike Sport. This is uh, Brad House. Brad, are you there? Brad, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, you said you had a recommendation here. Yeah, for Manny and the listeners and everybody. Uh, hey, Manny, I think it's a great thing you're doing. Thanks, thanks. And um, as far as cameras go, um, the cameras tell everything. They tell a story. And uh, as a commuting cyclist, an advocate myself, racing cyclist and everything, uh, I would recommend that people in general who ride their bikes look into getting a helmet-mounted camera that points forward as well as backward and just have the thing running all the time when they're out there riding because that's what the police <laughs> do. They have cameras in their squad cars, and all of this can be evidence for all of the, the um, things that happen to cyclists out there, the, the uh, in- inequities, you know, the, uh, the violation of civil rights, the unfairness that goes on on the streets. Um, what do you think about that? Is there a camera available already out there? I think there is, but 
afterwards you'd have to edit it all down and you'd probably be like Lucas Brunel and his and his little bike bike trips through different different places in in the world. But uh, that's that's actually something I think that you know, almost like a black box on a car. I mean, they have them on airplanes. There I'm you sure go. The technology that's exactly what I had in mind. Yeah. To put them on cars, and you could actually uh, sort of disapprove. You know, I sort of have a case when you get into an accident and you say, "Hey, that wasn't my fault." Right. So you could actually show it, and there wouldn't be any argument about like you, right. know, you were exactly. drunk and you came into my lane, and they say, "No, no, I wasn't." You know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But there's I'm so much unfairness going on out there. Everybody yeah. hates the cyclists. Well, I, I think just just getting over here yesterday or to, to thing, it's it's some of the things that you kind of take for granted if you're in a car, but you never notice unless you're on a bike. And I'm, I'm talking about things like people on cell phones. I mean, isn't there a law against that? Yet every fourth person I see has got a cell phone veering into my lane, or, or you realize they're they're doing something else with their hand, and it's like. I have to believe I've become a better driver in an automobile because I'm a cyclist. I've gotten to this point with a lot of people. Everybody's nodding in the studio because now I know, I see how bad I am de- depicted when I ride my bike. That now it's like, hey, I'm not going to do this when I'm in a car, which is probably the best kind of medicine for a, a you know a driver to learn how it is when you're not respected on the road. So now I ride so defensively. Uh, my significant other says I drive like an old man. Great. I don't <laughs> care what she says. Sure, I'm an old man. But I like to believe that you know, you got to be an old man from driving safe. So right, right. You've lived to be an old man. <laughs> so, yeah, so me too. Brad, and I, I drive like that too. And when I, you know, anytime I encounter a cyclist, uh, all of a sudden my driving habits change completely. Now I slow down, I move way over in the left lane, give them three times the amount of room that I'm comfortable with as a cyclist. I mean, I'm happy to get three feet, but I'll give most cyclists a lot more than that. I'll give them as much as I can. Or change lanes. You know, it, it just it just gets me when there's, you know, four lanes of traffic going in one direction and you're in the right lane yeah, and the bike and so many motor doesn't want to move over to the next lane. They insist on using your lane. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many distractions when you're in a car. It's like they've made this little cubicle environment that has a great sound system, holders so you can drink, places where, you know, they've got lighters in the car so you can smoke. We're just going to say tobacco at this point. But there's all sorts of things to distract you in your car, let alone the road. And and that's really my kind of interpretation of this. So, hey, well, well, hey, is for- Nick there, by the way? Nick, Just Nick, Nick actually, uh, <laughs> no, hey, keep up the good work, uh, Chicken and uh, Manny right, and uh, hey, you guys Brad, and Molly and. Uh, just, just briefly, while I've got you on the phone, what are we looking forward to on uh, on Bike Sport this uh, Monday? Um, oh, actually, you know what? There's a big ride I should tell you guys about. A massive Nichols Canyon invasion up, up in uh, Westwood in, or West Hollywood. Actually, it goes up. Uh, Nichols Canyon goes up on the mall and it crosses on uh, Sunset. Yeah. And uh, there's a group leaving at 8 a.m. from Westwood Boulevard and LaGrange. Mostly, mostly racers, triathletes, and stuff. Um, but uh, everybody's welcome. It's a massive ride, and they're going to go up uh, Nichols and then along Mulholland and everything. Wow. Uh, Monday's a holiday. I'm going to do a holiday ride. I'm not going to do a bike sport radio show Monday because we just had a show this week. Oh. 
Well, that sounds so, like fun. Uh, we'll be up in the following week. Uh, maybe some uh, Tour de France. You know who won the prologue today? I don't. I, don't tell me. <laughs> we're we're going to get a report, actually, from Eric, uh, one of the kids from Santiago, who's into racing. He's going to call in in a few minutes. Hey, great. I, this is the first I've ever heard. I, I was actually going to look forward to recuperating after the uh, coaster brake challenge, which you were telling me is a lot like repack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sounds anyway, like repack they're, road. They're sort of, Maybe we can get a report on that, they, uh, a recording on it. And, they're uh, doing that thing that. that they do on television where they, they spin their finger around like, like, you know, they can't see on the camera. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you got to wrap it up. got to wrap it up. So anyway, Brad, thanks for calling. Bike Sport. Okay. Mondays, what up. time? Right. Later. Okay, that was really unfair of me. Bike sport. <laughs> at, at noon? Noon, uh, Mondays. noon on Mondays, except for this Monday when he's on holiday. Maybe we'll come in and we'll play uh, something. We, we get around a lot on bicycles, and we do a lot of stuff on bicycles. Everybody thinks we're just bicycle-centric, but we're not. We're just people like you that ride bicycles, which is a little bit different from being cyclists. Um, people have told me that we're visionaries, but we're not. We're just like you. We just want to make it safe for this the the unique person. What what are you saying? So is Eric calling in? Eric is supposed to call in. Eric, we're gonna hold the phones off. You have the calm. Call in. Uh-huh. So this is it. Manny, you're still in the studio here. Yes, yes. You're you're enjoying things now. You're you're a learned individual. I'm thinking if you didn't have a phone, if this had happened to you, if you were a knucklehead or something. Would it be any less important? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. There, there wouldn't, you know, if I would have made a complaint at a local police station, gone to Internal Affairs, made a complaint of this happening, without having hard evidence, video evidence, uh, they would have, you know, they would have just. Would have been dismissed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, it would have been another uh, report, and that was it. You know, not, nothing would have ever came out of it. And I'm so glad that um, the media did cover this and that uh, something is coming out of it. You've seen the response that the cities has had. Well, wait, and, there's um, been a tremendous amount of response, uh, a lot of it positive, yes, which, which yes. I like to believe is, is something that we can build on. I, um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm hoping that, yeah, that, you know, if this is a vehicle that's, uh, that we need to get this started, uh, you know, by all means, you know, go ahead and, uh, and take it because um, we, uh, yeah, we actually, you know, I think we do, we needed something like this to shed light into uh, some of the issues that, 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 that happened. And this is one of the main ones, uh, which is police abuse of, you know, of, um, you know, police brutality, abuse of, of force, actually. It's more abuse of force uh, towards cyclists, uh, which really needs to stop. Now, now y- you went on the ride after this ride. Yeah. You're, you're still riding, which is, oh, yeah. is yeah. great. What, do you have, as, as a cyclist, this is the question I've been asking everybody, because the kids from Santiago, in fact, I have one on the phone right now, okay. have been asking this. What do you envision for Los Angeles? What would you What would you like to see? Where would you like to see Los Angeles go? Oh, I mean, I, I definitely, um, you know, I, I do. I would like everybody. Yeah, of course, everybody to be on a bike. It makes it, you know, much more fun. Uh, of course, you know, being that LA is so big, that's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's something super hard for people to comprehend that you can get anywhere on a bicycle that you can in a, in a on a car. But, um, you know, hopefully by, by them seeing and, and, and us being exposed, you know, through the media, hopefully they can see that, you know, some of us do, you know, travel across town and um, bicycle, you know. That's uh, awesome. You brought, you brought that fun factor back into it. 
Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What the yeah. hell is going on there, man? <laughs> right. I mean, uh, yeah, I love writing everywhere. I mean, it, I wrote here. I, you know, I'm writing back home right now. Uh, after this, um, you know, I, I write everywhere. If I could write somewhere, I'll I'll be there. If I gotta drive, maybe I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we'll know we we'll know about that. Okay, well. Well, thanks, Manny. And now I think Thank we're you. gonna get a an update on the Tour de France from Eric. Okay. Yes, and Eric, it it always sounds like we're we're in some sort of pot boiler room taking bets, but. This is the Kill Radio phone, and who do I have on the line, but that's your, your cue, Eric. All right. Well, today officially started the 97th edition of the Tour de France. 97? 97. Where was I for the other 96? Wow. 97? Yep. Did they, did they start in France, or did they start in some third world country? Uh, today, the prologue started in Rotterdam. Oh, that's not right. That's, that's like where they ride bikes anyway, so. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it started, I believe it was an eight and a half kilometer prologue. So this is like a time trial and was it raining? Yeah. Um, yesterday, predictions for the weather said that there was going to be rain, but they, they said it was going to be later on. Oh. So many riders chose to start at the beginning to avoid the rain. But instead, the rain came at the beginning of the time trial and stopped towards the middle and towards the end when all the favorites started going. The road started drying up. And by favorites? And huh? And by favorites, who do you mean? Um, well, the overall contenders that are going to be going for the general classification, which includes, of course, seven-time tour winner Lance Armstrong. Uh, I've heard about him. Yep, he's back. This is his 13th and last tour that he will be what? participating in and he did a pretty good ride place placing in fourth place at 10 minutes and 22 seconds wow another favorite for this year's tour is 2007 and last year's champion alberto contador he was five seconds behind lance armstrong but still it's the beginning of the tour and there's still 3600 plus miles to go so his his playing field is really in the mountains um Another guy who did really well today is HCC Columbia's Tony Martin, who placed the time of 10 minutes and 10 seconds, which was the best time for three hours until the Swiss rider, world champion in the time trial, and Olympic medalist in the time trial, Fabian Cancellaro, beat him by 10 minutes when he was second to last behind Alberto Contoso. Wow. So, um, just just out of curiosity, um, I watched the, uh, what is it, the... Not the Welta, but the, the Giro. Giro. And uh, Cadell Evans had had some good time trials. In fact, he was the world champion from last year. I was wondering yeah. how he did in the, the tour uh, there. All the guys are there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cadell Evans um, sort of had a change in his, um, I guess, uh, as a rider, he had a change because um, of that win. Yeah. Last year, Mandrizio with the World Championships, right. he placed fifth overall at the Tour Down Under, which was his first um, race of the year, and he's been doing pretty good. He won um, he won a semi classic earlier this this year, Fletcher Wallone. Well, that's um, a good in one. Front of, Those are yeah. like one day kind of races or, or three or four day races. That yeah, we call them he, mini classics. Yeah. He won that in front of Alberto. Um, he also won Stage Seven of the Giro along with the points classification. He played fifth overall there, but he said he really wasn't feeling that good. Yeah. 
he's also placed um, second place twice in the Tour de France in 2007 and 2008, behind Alberto Contador, who won last year, and Carlos Sastre, the winner of the 2008 Tour de France. The problem with Cadell Evans, he's a great rider, but he says he's never really had the team to back him up and yes. to support him in the Tour. He's on a new team now, a smaller team, BMC, but what's really interesting about this team is it, it has George Hincapi, and George Hincapi is mostly recognized as being the super domestique for Lance Armstrong and helping him in his seven times that he won the Tour de France, and he also helped Alberto Contador win his 2007 title. So George has been there eight times, and he's helped his team captains win eight times, and I'm pretty sure he could help Cadell Evans win this yeah. year. Actually, the reason reason I bring it up is uh, the Giro this year. There was one stage I remember it. They they're in the they're, they said well the I guess the organizers said oh it's too easy to be on paved road. Let's put them on a dirt road. Oh let's put them on a dirt road. Oh yeah. And it started to rain, so now it's not just a dirt road. It's a mud road, and they all come in like it's a mountain event, which is something that Cadell Evans had been training for years. He'd done yeah, Cadell Evans has a mountain biking background. And, he, and that's the stage he won. Yeah, that's the stage he won, which was, was kind of amazing. I'm, I'm wondering if this year's, I, I haven't looked at the courses or anything, but I'm wondering, have they thrown something in on a nostalgia kind of Yeah, they have. Theme? Actually, stage three is actually probably going to be the first, I guess, as you would say, decisive stage. They've thrown in um, some cobblestone sections that are oh. used in Harry Roubaix. So it's kind of like it's kind of like going from uh, Koreatown to uh, Highland Park, then. Um, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> and and the and this thing, um, well, what might make it sort of startling for some of the contenders is they're not so good at riding cobbles. What they're really good at is you know climbing mountains and the time trials. Um, Lance Armstrong did, I believe, the Tour of Flanders, which has, which has cobblestones, to sort of get a warm-up. They also threw those in in 2004, but that was, you know, six years ago. Lance Armstrong really came back to the sport out of retirement last year. So, I mean, the main thing that they need to um, avoid is flats and crashing out, which is things that do happen a lot. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Are you, are, you talking, are you talking about critical mass, or are you talking about the Tour de France here? <laughs> the Tour de France and the, the Stage 3, because, I mean, you know, these cobblestones are, like, really tough to get by. Well, I'm sure, you, you know, maybe these guys should be training in Koreatown, because the streets are just horrible here, and, and they could really learn something about taking nice paved cobblestone if they go over some of the cracks here. So, yeah. any, anyway, Eric, I'm, I'm going to change this from being just an interview about the Tour de France to being, what are you writing, Eric? What are you writing now? Okay. Well, um, well, one of, one of your guys, Mr. Richard, from the Bike Kitchen, actually got one of his guys, Larry, to build me a, it was a single-speed road bike. Uh, it's, a, it's an awesome bike, but I've had some bad luck with it, you know, I, I have to make repairs with it, and like, well, nothing that major, right? What do you but, mean by repairs? Um, well, flats. Um, at the moment, right now, the... Wait, what the kind brakes, of tires are you running on this? Um, right now, I got slicks on it. You got slick 700s or slick slick 27s or slick... I, I don't know. The, I just know they're slicks. They're just slicks. So you got no. just slicks. You don't know what size they are. You're no. on the bike. Is it a road bike or is it just like a mountain bike? Or is well, it's a, it's a mountain frame. It's a mountain frame? Yeah. 
Wow, that seems like something you could actually take the streets of Los Angeles a little better than one of those toy, I, I say toy, well, one of those track things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, overall, it's a good bike, you know, if, if the, if, you know, the flats, you know, right now the brakes are pretty screwed up, too, if all that, you know. Well, it sounds it, like you should head over to one of the bike collectives. Uh, Molly's going to go and probably open up the, the, the bike kitchen. No, she's nodding her head. She's not opening up the kitchen today. They're okay. closed, actually, for the weekend. We at the bike oven, I think, are going to be open for maybe two, three hours, and then I have to go to an event. So we'll be over there. Maybe you should head over to that one. But what, what I'm trying to say is, um, with this whole tour to France, are you learning anything about riding your bike around town? Mm, well, usually when, when I would go around um, riding and there would be, like, winds, you know, it, it truly helps to see you know, the aerodynamic position that these guys ah. put themselves in. And, you know, I, I took myself in, in that position a couple of times and it does help, you know, it just feels like the wind just goes right through you. You don't even feel it blasting and, like, you know, pushing against a, you. We have a rocket scientist in the studio. Maybe he could tell you about, you know, air disturbances and stress and all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> okay, Eric, well, we look forward to another report next week. And sure. we, we, uh, we, we want to keep you involved with uh, Kill Radio. Hey, being being one of the kids at Santee High, do you, do, uh, do you get kidded about your bike all the time? Is there a big bike culture there that, that uh, is kind of revolving around the tour? Well, I mean, like the majority of kids now, everybody's riding, you know, a fixie. And, yeah, I've been told a couple of times, like, how come you don't get a fixie? For me personally, I don't really like the whole scene, uh. the fixie gear scene. You know, um, if I ride a bike, it's because, you know, I like it and... Of course, because um, I follow professional cycling, and um, that's kind of what, what motivates me to, to get on a bike. But um, actually, me and Mr. Richard, while I was there, he actually wanted to start a little version of maybe like the bike kitchen right there to, you know, help ah. people fix their bikes, you know, oh, and do other stuff like on it. that something really positive. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your love of bikes is now spreading to community service, which is pretty much just the opposite of what people do all the time. This yeah. is fantastic. All right, Eric, we're going to let you go. All right. I think I've cross-examined you enough today. We right. look forward to another report next week, okay? Absolutely. All right. Bye, Eric. Bye. So. So. Let's wrap. Let's, 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 see, what, <laughs> let's see what we can, what we can sort of well, well, make we, of today's show. Uh, I don't even want to start. There's been all sorts of fun stuff here. <laughs> fun stuff. <laughs> See, serious see, stuff. Serious I really stuff. think that that it was good. Uh, after sort of last week's show, we we had really a bunch of people in the studio with really positive experiences that coming away from the critical mass in but, June, where we had the the LAPD presence. And I mean, what kind of the takeaway from last week was that it was a really fun experience, and it was nice not having to worry about validating our our the ride. Or your existence, or your existence roads. on the roads, because uh, the police was were the police force was doing that for us. Um, we didn't have to worry about the route or the the you know the the red lights or anything like that because the police were taking care of all of that. So that was that was kind of the takeaway from last week. But now, sort of back to reality and, and realizing that there were things that happened previously with Manny's experience. Um, and so now it's just a matter of what's going to happen next. 
Yeah. How, how has the LAPD experience improved or improved its relation with with cyclists? Has it, or was this kind of a one-time thing where they were just putting in some FaceTime to 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 make us feel all happy and and warm and fuzzy on the inside? Did Did you feel warm and fuzzy after the ride? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's Manny. <laughs> you yeah. went on this ride. It was yeah, oh, yeah. I was there. I was there. You weren't gonna miss it for the world. I oh no, no way. Yeah, it, you know, it was like you said, the one time that we had the ride and we didn't have to worry about any cops hustling no. us. So that no, no, uh, you, you know that if it would happen again, there was gonna be a million cameras. Everybody brought their camera to this. Oh yeah. Uh, we're we're looking at footage, and I'm trying to fast forward to get to uh, something. Last week we played a little bit of. What I was asking, the question was, how did Critical Mass get started? It's, it's maybe, on a, in a way, we're seeing exactly what they did in, in uh, San Francisco that Hugh was talking about, that ridership just skyrocketed after and this. And I, I really hope so. I mean, I, I really you, hope know, so you already too. see the shadows came up, mm-hmm. and now there's, yeah, you know, there's that, plans of, you know... I think those are always plans, but it's, it's just coincidental. They happened and at the now, same time. Yeah, now they're coming out, and you know, they're actually doing it, and I hope... You know, like I said, I hope this is a vehicle and it takes it that way where, you know, we get more exposure yeah. as, you know, we are vehicles. We do exist on the road. Please give us some respect, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, not only from 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 um, not only from um, the uh, bike side perspective, but also for, for, for pedestrians and everybody for them to acknowledge that we're there. Because mm-hmm. I do, you know, some at first, I, I you know, about a year ago, I used to get a lot of criticism from people f- walking or driving. Yeah. Now they're actually like, oh, you know, cheery and for there, us. There seems to be some sort of, uh, let's just say, uh, visibility now yeah. if you ride a bike, which and is I, different. Yeah, and I also think that there were a lot. I've, I've spoken with a lot of people since um, the critical mass last week who had said that they normally, they've sort of stopped going on group rides. But because this experience was such a fun one, I think people are, are interested in getting back into that group ride mentality and, and, and seeing it as a social ride and seeing it as something that they're gonna they're going to do and, and it and that it has a positive impact that it's not that even though people are, are much quicker to point out the negative impacts of, of things like critical mass and that sort of thing, it's actually a lot of fun and we do have yeah. a you know a good it's it is a positive impact um, on the community. Oh, well one of the things that you bring up is if they if they wanna ride their bike with a group like this, it's like they may think twice or about like getting into the car to go two miles to get a, a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. And I always say bread. It could be milk. It could be anything. <laughs> it, it's it's the idea that Crackers, if you sort of change cereal, your habits hamburger. there. Hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> hamburger. Hamburger. No, Fish. but along those lines, um, it seems that the community is really getting behind a lot of these things, events or something. And we'd like to mention one event. Yeah. It's it's on so, the Midnight Rider site, but it's it's month, a little bit more. It's about uh, it says summer. Yeah. So this collaborative. Is, this is for um, for those of you who are listening live. Um, I've got an event for you guys to to go to today. It it, it already started, and I, I meant to say it at the beginning of the show but I forgot um, but, it, but, but it's, it's going a, long it, it goes on until 7pm tonight it's uh, it's called a collaborative picnic and it's at uh, Calibra Park which is um, 240 Avenue 57 in Highland Park and there's going to be workshops by Tree People Food Not Bombs The Bicycle Kitchen The Chuchas and Valley, Valley Bikery um, there's all sorts of activities for all age groups um, there's kids crafts and scavenger hunt and chess tournament 
Um, there's also the bike kitchen does have a mobile clinic that will be there. So if you do need a little bit of work on your bike and you're in the area, come on by and we can help you out. Um, there's bands and there's like kind of workstations where you can sew and knit and get your face painted. And it, the the kind of exciting thing about this is that it's all collectives. It's all it's all groups that are co-ops um, are sort of putting this on. It's all free. Um, and yeah, it's going on all day until 7 p.m. And we're, we're pretty excited about the fact that sort of bringing all of these different co-ops and collectives together in one place because normally, you know, we have a lot of interaction at the Bicycle Kitchen with other bike shops or with people from our neighborhood. But this is the first time I think that we've ever been involved in something like a, a collaborative event um, where it's just a bunch of co-ops getting together and, and doing some, yeah, doing some it's, fun community stuff. It's fantastic. Stuff. Once again, the address is uh, 240 Avenue 57, and that's in Highland Park. It's fantastic. And, of course, uh, we remember Biz Art, who uh, was teaching a class not only in music but in uh, a couple of other mediums. And he's, he's there actually teaching all the time. So if you hear this post-haste, and you can't get to this event, just look up there on their website. Um, they're Colabrate, C-U-L-E-B-R-A Park. And you can Google that, and I'm sure there's, there's going to be an event there. There's always something going on there. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we want to mention is next week is the second Saturday of the month, and we over at uh, Flying Pigeon slash Bike Oven, the combination Flying Pigeon Bike Oven. We should make a song like that, you know, kind of like the Taco Bell and, and Pizza, Pizza Hut, Hut kind of thing. Oh, man. Yeah, bike oven, whatever. Anyway, we're going to hold off on the singing here and and uh, just tell you about that. What was that? I said maybe we're going to hold off. Yeah, maybe we're going to hold off. But uh, we do our art ride, uh, meet at 630, leave at 735 of the finest uh, art galleries in Highland Park. It's next about Saturday? Our, next Saturday. Okay. Next Saturday. So that's, uh, I think, the 10th. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to be here. Because I'm going to be doing something else, but we're going to still be bringing you another show here on, on Bike yeah. Talk. And with that being said, we're going to play just a little bit of some of the questions I asked. The big question, how did Critical Mass get started? And you heard the real answer today from Hugh. Turtle bike! Turtle bike! All sorts of people out there. So here we go. Let's see if we can play some of this. Kill Radio, it is Bike Talk. Oh, this bike! Oh, this ride's too big! Oh, no! Too big a ride! Oh, they're going to dust me. They go too fast. Uh-oh. Dude, you're rolling uphill. <laughs> so, do you know how Critical Mass got started? I know that it started in Japan with every red light. Japan with every red light. Bikers, used to, bikers would accumulate, and then that's how Critical Mass started. Okay, so you think it's Japan? Yep. Waiting at red lights. All right. What's your name? Shaq. Okay, Shaq. Thanks a lot. Yeah. How about it? Can you can you picture and do it at the same time? Oh, look at that! You got it! Yeah, yeah, baby. I like that. Okay, so how did Critical Mass start? Tell me what you think. How did Critical Mass start? Uh, had to do with San Francisco and a lot of acid. I like that one. That's acceptable. You, we're gonna check the, the little square next to your name. What's your name? Greg. 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 Greg said it's acid and San Francisco. That's a good one. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that guy. He's riding incognito if he's riding tonight. 
But the real question Look at these is, guys. Wow. Listen uh, I, I listen to them all, but I specifically listen to Kill Radio. Look at these police officers. They're just tearing down the sidewalk. Somebody dropped their light. Somebody pick that light up. Pick that light up. Oh, come on. Get the light for the man. God. Come on. We're all trying to help each other. You guys okay? You guys all right? It's a struggle to make our way in this land they claim so proud. So efficient we cast away. Many desperate seek their sound. So much never taught in schools about. We showed it the bike coming to the This Sunday. We're having a film night where we're showing footage. Oh, really? Absolutely. Like, what the hell is right now? This is the guy with the, the old school track that's, that's like pumping like snow tomorrow. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at that cave. We get any slower. Yo, yo. Oh, look. I'm riding on the bike. I'm going up the hike because right now I'm feeling real nice. Bike man's with me on his red freaking bike and I'm doing everything. It's going to turn from day to night. But it's all good about the bike kitchen because right now this ride is kitchen. Right, so I'm about to get it. Thanks for listening to Bike Talk. We'll see you again next week. Found myself a new lady tonight. That's right. I'm going to get married. Maybe in October. That's right. Oh. Yeah, baby. That's awesome. All right. So what's your first name? Oh, uh, the Sandman. DJ Sandman. Yep. Or, or MC Sam. I'm, represent I'm representing the San Fernando Valley and the California Endowment. Awesome. <laughs> Look at it. When's the last time you rode a red light? Oh, pulling up some real estate here, guys. You got some flashing lights. Maybe it's, uh, somebody broke into that car. That's why the lights are flashing, right? Wouldn't be a bicycle rider. This is going to be the safest, nicest ride you ever have. Hey, how you doing? Have a margarita on me. 